Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another Coleman Had a Dream podcast. I am here with Ruth as ever. Hello, Ruth. How are you? Hiya. Oh, doing all right. Thanks. How are you? Not too bad. Thanks, considering this is the second time we've done the introduction. I'm, uh, I'm exactly the same as I was a few seconds ago. Um, yes, we are going to be talking to you today about the Welsh men's squad that was released. We are going to be talking to you about the players in it, the players who have missed out. Before we do that, I want to mention our Game of Wallard uh, release, which came out today, our international Welsh football magazine. It's free, electronic, downloadable and available online from fans for fans from colemanhadadream.com. There's loads of links up on Twitter and Facebook for that as well. Um, I'm pretty damn happy with what we've done, to be honest, Ruth. I, I think we should be. I mean, it's been a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. um, hope, hopefully people will enjoy it. The artwork in particular, I think, is is, is excellent. Um, I think the, to be able to include so many original pieces of art is, is wonderful. Absolutely. Big thanks to uh, Ollie Whitfield, who's a friend of mine from work, who's done um, some of the cartoons for us, and Owen Lacey as well, who has done some of the electronic images. We're so happy with them. They're absolutely fantastic. Um, and I hope you enjoy them. Thanks too to James Evans, Fraser Watson, and Ryan Jewel, Jewel sorry for the articles. And thanks to you too, Ruth, for, for proofreading <laughs> all the nonsense that I came up with. <laughs> well, there was a lot of mutual proofreading going That's on, true. wasn't there? And there's bound to still be errors in there. We just don't want to hear about those from anybody. <laughs> when they find the spelling mistakes, we don't want to know. <laughs> Yeah, if you do find a spelling or a grammatical error, shut up uh, and keep it to, <laughs> do the decent thing there and shut up and keep it to yourself. Um, no, I think we're really happy with it. It's something that we're going to do around every uh, international window. Hopefully, we're going to include the women um, very soon as well as we have just been debating before we started recording. So, yeah, I think if you haven't had a look at it yet, our Game of Willard magazine, please do go to colemanhadadream.com uh, and you will see it there. As I say, free, downloadable and from fans for fans, all fan-written created content. I say fan. I don't think Ollie, who did, did the cartoons, is in any way, shape, or form a Wales fan. But um, I'm very grateful for her for doing that. So, Ruth, um, obviously the squad for the first World Cup qualifiers was announced. We've got Belgium away, and then we have a home match against Mexico before a second qualifier, the final qualifier of the, the window against the Czechs. Um First of all, were there any surprises for you in the squad announcement today? Because, I mean, you, you hard, hard pushed, I think, to miss out. I think there were 31 names in the squad. I thought I was going to get a call up at one point, but um, sadly not. Um, do, were there any surprises in there for you? Um, yes and no, actually. I think in when you pick 31 names, they're really you're getting to a point where there isn't much debate about who should be on that list. A couple of omissions that were most striking for me, Will Vokes. I, I just I just do not understand that, that one, particularly when he's playing so well. He's got that relationship with Wilson and Moore at Cardiff. It it just seemed a very a very striking omission, particularly when you you consider some of the names that are in. Um and then Jepcott I think was the other the other one that was a bit surprising for me in terms of omissions i think if you if you're stretching the squad this much why not just have a look at him why not just involve him yeah i think that was my take on jeffcott really is we've we've got 31 names on that on that team sheet i i don't i don't see what harm a couple more would do um he has kind of dried up in the last few weeks so i don't know if that has it has got anything to do with it um he is playing at a lower level. I don't know if that's anything to do with it. And, you know, realistically, we're only seeming to play one striker, whether it's a, an out-and-out striker like Moore and people running off him or or kind of the false nine kind of situation. So I don't know how many strikers we need in inverted commas, I suppose. Maybe that's part of it. I would totally echo your sentiments about Volks. Um, he's playing some fantastic football. And especially when you look at the names who are in there, you know, Levitt has gone to the to the second division in Croatia, basically. Smith, Matt Smith is playing for for Doncaster, and whilst he's playing regularly and doing well, it is it's a it's a League One football. Even Sheehan, you know, I, I've got a lot of time for Josh Sheehan. I think he's a great player. You know, I, I think he's capable of playing higher, no question. But a League two, two player over someone who's probably playing their best football for Cardiff since since he went there, 
Um, I had an interesting back and forth with someone on Twitter today that said, whilst he is playing well, his technical ability is perhaps not quite the same as the others, so he's not as neat a passer or or whatever. He's more of a kind of a, a an energetic player, like a breaker up of play, and perhaps the logic would be that we we have Ampadu, we have Allen. Morel can do that role to an extent. You don't need someone else to do that. Perhaps I, I don't, I don't. But it's not my opinion. It's, I thought it was just an interesting kind of counter argument to it. I, I can see the point, but I think for me that would be a nuance of whether he's in your twenty-three or not. Not whether he's in a thirty-one yeah. man squad. This is such a bloated squad. It makes no sense to me at all that he's not involved. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. The other one I was a little bit surprised at, but not surprised at the same time, is Hal. Because I love Hal, everyone does. But he's really not playing often um, at West Brom. I did look before, but now I've just realised I didn't write it down. I can't remember. I don't know when the last time he scored a goal was. I think he may have one goal at this season. So I was a little bit surprised to see him in. Because there's something I want to come to to kind of go on to this. Is we've we've kind of had the discussion before. Giggs himself has mentioned before. I, I appreciate he's not in inverted commas the manager at the moment, but he's often talked about picking players in form is the most important thing to him. You'd have to say that that argument is looking at. I don't want to say hollow, but it certainly there's not. It's not. It doesn't seem completely like it's the focus. No, I would agree. I mean, I think. For me, that if we're starting to look at who's included as opposed to who's omitted, that is one of the most striking things for me is the number of players who aren't playing regularly or are playing and not particularly in showing form. Hal is, a, Hal is, Hal is an example. Admittedly, I think he's got on in the last four, four or five West Brom games as a sub. Um, so, you know, perhaps his fitness is in, improving and it, it's obviously better he's involved than he's not. And I can see how he is a more of a contrast to Kiefer Moore than, say, Jeff Cott is. So I'm not particularly again his involvement, as I said, particularly for such a, a bloated squad. But it, th- there is a number of names on here that seem contrary to that original premise that form is important. Hal being one of them. Lever is, as you say, has gone a- across to play for Insta in Croatia. It's coming on as, you know, sub 20, 30 minute substitute appearances um, at most. There's a there's a number of players who, if we're honest, are, are injured who are on that list. Yeah. Um, I'm, sh- I'm sure we'll get we'll talk about Ramsey a bit more. But Tom Lawrence hasn't been playing. Lockyer hasn't been playing. Um, obviously, Brooks hasn't made the list at all. But he's the he's the Brooks is the only one who was questionable who hasn't made the list there's there's you know there's at least three there who i would be very surprised if we see any involvement from um you know going into these games yeah i i I agree with you there um i think you know i've just looked there hal hasn't scored in the premier league all season um 13 appearances which is not great so yeah i I don't know. It, it is. I mean, you say what you want about Welsh football. Whenever these things get pulled up, it's never dull, is it? Do you know, it's <laughs> it's never easy. It's never. It's never. Oh yeah, I thought. Oh, good to see that. Ex- I expected that to happen. Um, I expected Hal to be in it. To be fair, maybe I'm being a bit harsh. But um, looking at any kind of disappointments in there, I'm going to sound like uh, a broken record, as I often do when it comes to this sort of thing. Uh, you mentioned him briefly there. I cannot tell you how frustrated annoyed disappointed that Tom Lawrence is involved even if you you know don't agree with me that I don't think he should play for us because of what what happened and what he did he hasn't played since before Christmas and here he is in a Wales squad you've got Jeff Cott who's not there Volks who's not there again I'm not saying they're all comparable players but that that strikes me as very very odd I I can't disagree it doesn't it doesn't make sense to me when you've 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 got this bloated squad. You've included people that haven't been playing recently and or are injured. And then you've got inform players, folks in particular, who've been very dependable when we've put him in. It's not like he's let us down. It's it's not like there's any question about what he's been able to contribute on the field. It it just seems really strange to me. Um, I, I agree with you about, about Tom 
Tom Lawrence purely on the basis, as you said, he hasn't played for, I think it's approaching about three months now. Just seems a very odd selection. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm not going to start about him. People, I, I appreciate I've moaned about him for a while, but regular listeners will be fully anticipate me doing that, so I'm not going to now. But um, the interest, one of the interesting ones for me, and I've advocated, so to speak, not for for his, um, you know, in defence of him not being included. But I did wonder why Chester might not have been involved in this one, given, like you said, the injuries at the back there. I was a bit disappointed again, given there's 350 people in the squad that he didn't get the nod. Um, I, I I've written in my notes here that I'm disappointed for Matondo. I I recognise he's in the squad, but I'm disappointed. I guess. I really thought that that move to Stoke for him was going to spark something, and it and it really hasn't. He's kind of had limited minutes. He's had a few knocks here and there. But he's been on the bench a lot. He did come on on the weekend, but you know, I, I'm I'm glad he's in the squad. I think he, you know, he, there's definitely something there. But I, I just feel a bit disappointed for him, in him, if if that's the right expression, that he's not kind of had a better time of it at Stoke. And again, I feel like we're going into a into a window where he is someone else who's a bit kind of half baked. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. I don't think he'd have he'd make my twenty three man squad for that for that reason because it's it's difficult to see what he brings to the team. Um, I mean, I know twelve months, eighteen months ago, we were having a similar discussion about Tyler Roberts, but with the progress that he's shown at Leeds, you can see the options that he might be able to bring. Yeah. To, to within the squad, particularly as coming on for the last 20 minutes of a game or so. And it's really, it's difficult to see what Rabi actually does and brings to the game. Um, I think there's so much potential there, but I do think the fact that he's had an, you know another move across to Stoke and it doesn't quite seem to be working for, for him. I think, you know, there's, there's, an urgent need for a kind of reboot and a restart and and get get him going somehow and I, I don't I don't think it's anything about his work ethic I think there's skill there he's clearly a good lad he's you know he's I, I don't think there's anything wrong per se yeah. but but what isn't right I think it's putting your finger on what isn't right as well and um yeah I, I'm, I'm I'm concerned about him because he's He's another one that I fear is is stagnating, and um, we've we've had a couple of players, you know, in, under that umbrella now. Um, and and admittedly, not everybody who comes up through the twenty ones, they're all, you know, they're not all going to have stellar professional careers. Yeah. It's not, a, you know, it's not a, a sure thing for everybody. But you feel like there's enough talent there that it should be going better than it is for him. Yeah, uh, I can't. I can't disagree. We've had this kind of conversation before, so again, I don't want to repeat myself. But the one thing I did see as a positive for him is, you know, Ramsey's not there, Brooks is not there, Lawrence. You'd imagine he, if he does play, it'll only be against Mexico, due to if nothing else, a kind of lack of match fitness. Um, there is a potential, I think, for him there to be kind of the wild card in the pack. I think, and come on late in a game you know, run at people. He has got that pace. He is unpredictable. You never know what you're going to get from him to an extent. And I suppose he's that kind of wild card in the pack. Um, so I, I do think that because of potential injuries around the areas he plays or certainly lack of fitness, that there's a there's certainly a possibility, a window for him to kind of have a have a change of gear from being a Stoke and club football and, and come into the international setup. And that might kind of boost him a little bit, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I, d- I don't disagree with that. To to go back to your point about Chester, I, I am concerned about the situation at, at centre back. Um, obviously, Rodden and Mepham are, are getting next to no play. Tom Lockyer is injured. I'd be surprised if he has any real involvement in the squad. Um, Cabango and and James Lawrence are are playing regularly at least. And I noticed that Lawrence actually captained St. Pauli recently. So, I mean, I, I always think that's a good sign of how a player is doing kind of, um, you know, they're, they're sort of place in the squad. I think it always it's always an, an interesting statement. Yeah. 
but I do I do think that it's it's somewhat naive to overlook James Chester in this in this context. Uh, someone who's who's playing regularly in the championship um, seems to be over, thankfully, over his knee injury. I just it just seems a strange oversight from my point of view. I wonder whether the thinking is at the push you've got Ben Davies that can play in in the centre of the defence. Yeah. At a push you've got Ampadu. I wonder whether those that has left them feeling that they've perhaps got a bit more strength at centre back than it looks like on paper. And hence they've stocked the defensive midfield by adding, you know, Smith and Levitt and Morel. For my mind, that's another argument why you need Volks in. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. if, if your centre defence backup, central defensive backup is coming from your defensive midfielders and you've overstocked that position, that's another argument for Volks being in the squad. But that's getting, we're going back, back around in that <laughs> yeah. circle. Yeah, so to go back to it, I really don't like Tom Lawrence. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's a concern, Dave. I, I won't be, I, I can't understate it. I think. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we actually. I know next week we'll look more at the at the Belgium game in, in detail, but I wouldn't be surprised if we start off with a, a central back three like we started against the Finns, with with Ben Davies coming in to give some um, some sort of experience and solidity and get and game time really to to a yeah. central back three. I mean, again, without wishing to go down this road, which I'm now about to go down, I personally, <laughs> I, I personally disagree. I think we would then be overloading an area which we know is a weakness. Like Ben Davis hasn't been playing every week. He has had some reasonable, you know, some game time in cups in the uh, Europa League, sorry, uh, European Cup. So I think, I think there. But what if the you look at is, if you look at how many, if you look at our players and who's been playing minutes across the season, he might, he's probably still within the top half dozen. But it, that's a concern in itself, do you know what I mean? Because yeah. you look yeah. at that then, the other people who are going to come in, Rodden, he hasn't played for a couple of weeks now, month possibly, he wasn't even in the squad uh, of late. Um, Rot- Lockyer has not, I, I think he'll pull out. Mm-hmm. Um, Mepham has been very much in and out. He's not. I think he's missed, he's been on the bench for the last eight games or something like that for Bournemouth. So I, I, I feel like putting, putting another defender in that situation kind of, worsens it almost because you're putting someone in who's out a nick a bit and I think it would make sense to me to do Rodden and Cabango just because I think they've got a natural partnership anyway um, and I think putting someone else in there kind of again I don't like the kind of square peg round hole situation uh, I also personally think we should be a bit uh, you know be a bit more uh, I don't want to say gung-ho but a bit more attacking against the Belgians but again we will we will cover that another time the the one for me like I said I, I'm just expecting pullouts and I think that's what's going to make it more complicated I think that is one of the reasons why James Chester is involved to be honest because I think I am expecting pullouts um as you say he's doing quite well at Sao Paulo he's, he's he's the captain so you mean James Lawrence yeah what did I say Chester. James Chester. Yeah, he's doing well in Germany. <laughs> um, yeah, James Lawrence. Sorry. Yeah. So I think you know. Yeah, but I don't want to go down the preview route just yet, obviously. But mm-hmm. I, I think that's how it would look for me. Um, another kind of confusing-ish circumstance, I would say, is the goalkeeping situation. I've had a fair bit of back and forth with people today, and I want to come to you on on two questions really. First of all. Why are there four keepers <laughs> um, when you consider that all four of them aren't playing at the moment? Ward, Hennessy, mm-hmm. Davis and King aren't playing. I think King played a couple of games in the middle of the season, um, but then went back to the bench. He's not played since. Obviously, Davis is coming back from injury, but he's still on the bench. Hennessy's played a couple of under-23 games. He's still on the bench. Um, and whilst Danny Ward did play a a Premier League game in the middle of the season uh, when Schmeichel was injured. He's obviously not played regularly for a while. So I'm a little bit surprised there because for me, if it's a fourth goalkeeper you're calling up, you're calling up Barden at Norwich, um, you know, to give a younger player a, an opportunity, even someone who's playing regularly as a backup backup in, in Owen Vaughan or, or even Chris Maxwell. I get, I get they're both a bit older, but if that's your angle, then surely you want someone who's going to be playing regularly if you're bringing four keepers. I mean, that's 
that's daft in, in my view. I don't know what you think. Um, I, I'm, I mean, I don't, I don't disagree, David. It's, I, I'm not, um, I'm not averse to the four within a bloated squad of, of 31. I think if it was, I think if it was four within 23, then clear, clearly there's a lot of questions at, at, at that point. Um, I think what's strange, as you say, is you've got a situation where you're calling up, you know, Newport back up as your as your fourth keeper seems a very strange scenario, um, particularly when you have got players in that position who are who are playing week in and week out. So the, the there isn't a contrast within the four of them. Um, I, I, I'll be honest, I don't understand it. Owen Vaughan Williams was was the right extra person to call up in November. I don't see how that circumstance has changed. Um, I can see merit in what you're saying about bringing up one of the you know one of the younger players if you're just looking to give someone some experience. Uh, I, 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 the honest answer is I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me that that's the four that you'd opt for. There's no variety in what what they're offering. In terms of someone who's in form, putting some pressure on people, it, I, I don't know. I think the competitiveness in the squad is something that was kind of raised to me today, which again I can kind of go for. But do you need a fourth person for that? Is not three not enough? They're like, you know, the only thing I can think of is maybe one of them is is still carrying a knock, and they don't want to take the chance like what happened last time. And as a consequence of that, you've got you've got you've got the fourth one in. So maybe they'll play like a keeper per half in the friendly, and then the second keeper is the backup to the first keeper. You know, but I mean, I feel like I'm just overthinking what is what sh- what shouldn't be this complicated. And I like I say, the lack of nodding toward the future, unless that is Adam Davis, is is kind of a bit odd for me. Which in in turn kind of brings me to my next question. Really, a lot of people have been. I say a lot of people, some people have been kind of raising the question of, of potentially Ward or Davis starting ahead of Hennessy. Um, I wondered what you felt about that. I, I don't think so, because I don't think there's... I think if one or other of them was getting some regular game time, I don't think there would be a question then. Um, but it's not as though they've really put any pressure on... Hennessy's place. Um, Hennessy demonstrated he's fit. I think until there's actually someone genuinely knocking on the door and saying, "I'm working at taking that shirt off your back," I would I would rather stick with the known quantity because in, in some regards, all four of them are somewhat somewhat unknown at the minute, aren't they? Because you don't know what their form is like. You don't. They haven't shown you know, any regularity of 90-minute football. And so I think I'd rather go with the more established scenario, which is staying with Hennessy. I also don't think, uh, again, I'm sure I've said this before, I also don't think Hennessy's ever done anything wrong. <laughs> like if he was dropping howlers and it was, you know, a question, then I would get people thinking, you're just changing one potentially out-of-form goalkeeper for another out-of-form goalkeeper. And the the best case scenario is there that you kind of luck out and they have a good game. Whereas if you stick with Hennessy, he knows the players around him. They are used to him. He hasn't missed a Wales game for, well, for ages before this. I, I just don't, I just don't know what... I don't think Danny Ward has ever done anything. And I'm not saying he's played badly, because he hasn't. But he's never done anything to prove that he deserves that place over Hennessy. Uh, the, the, I would I would take the argument of Adam Davis starting on the basis that before he was injured, he was playing regularly. And if you look at it over, let's say, an 18-month period, he will have played more than Ward and Hennessy. Possibly the two of them put together. I haven't done the maths of that, but I should have. But I, he he will have played more than the pair of them. So if you're going to make that argument and you're going to change keeper, I would change keeper to Davis because he's younger. He's kind of one for the future to an extent, comparatively speaking. 
and he will have played more first team football over the last 18 months or so than Hennessy or Ward so I can get, I can go from that from that angle if you're going to change one of them do that but I for, for me I've I've just not seen anywhere near enough from Danny Ward to to see to for him to deserve to take that shirt off Hennessy I agree with you that said I don't think he did anything wrong in November so whether it's whether it's a look to keep him in to keep what continuity they do have. I'm not sure it really applies when you're looking from November to, to March, but for me, one of the, one of the few things in Danny Ward's favor is he did play in the last, in, in the last window and it, it went fine. So are you looking for the stability that that brings? Yeah, I guess. I mean, he is still quite a young keeper. I suppose he's 27. So, you know, I guess there is that element. He is the young, he is a, a younger option as well, I suppose, if you wanted to go down that road. I don't know. I don't know. It's a tough one. I, I, for me, I just don't, I think someone would have to do something to take that jersey off Hennessy. And I, and I, and I'm, and I'm yet to see what, you know, what evidence of that there is. Um, yeah. Or Hennessy plays in one game and has a absolute howler. Do you know what? Even if that was the case, I would still take. I would still let them see out this window. I'm a huge advocate for a goalkeeper not chopping and changing. Mm-hmm. And I think if you do it one and then not the other, I don't think that's helping anyone. I, for what it's worth, whoever the keeper is, I would play them in all three games because none of them have had kind of regular match experience of late. So I, I think if you're going to start Hennessy, I would start Hennessy in all three. I don't think there's anything to be gained short term from giving someone else that role. I, I, King's never, you know, King's never going to be our number one, is he? So whoever you whoever you choose for these game personally to give them get as much game time as possible, I'd choose that one person to be in to be in all three. But um, but yeah, that's just me. Um, you know, obviously we've talked about people deserving to keep their spot, a seamless link. Um, who do you think has kind of deserved their spot? I think obviously it's great to see Joe Allen back in the squad after this time. For me, Josh Sheehan has been great, and I've uh, you know I've, I've said that before. He's he's been really consistent for Newport this year. Cabango, I've, I've, I've kind of questioned him a bit before and he's, you know, just gone from strength to strength at the back for Swansea. You know, Reese Norrington Davis is another one, um, I think has just had a fantastic season and has really kind of taken his opportunity. And, you know, I, I've again, I've questioned it before, but I will do a, a 180 here. I think Brennan Johnson deserves his call up as well. I think he's had a great season at Lincoln. He's scoring goals. He's assisting goals. They're top of the league. I think he's had a great year. So I think... It, it, he's got got to that point now where he's fully deserved that call up for me. Yeah, to to start at the back, I don't think there's any question that Cabango's basically having his breakout year at Swansea, isn't he? He's uh, playing nearly you know nearly every week, um, and I think I think the times he isn't, it's kind of a deliberate rotation on on Cooper's part. So I, I think he's certainly earned earned a place. Reese Norrington Davis is grabbing every opportunity that seems to, you know, be in a- any kind of range of him and, and running with the lot and is obviously having an impact at, at, at Stoke um, on the latest on the latest loan. Um, I'm quite glad to see Matt Smith in. Um, I don't think I would have, as I said, I don't think I'd have him in a 23, but I, I think he's done what we have asked in terms of going to Doncaster, getting regular play, playing 90 minutes in a rough and tumble league and, you know, really having to play some sort of nasty old-fashioned football games. I think that's that's been really good for him. So I'm, I'm pleased he's involved because I think that's a reward for kind of doing what was, what was needed in terms of, as I said, rolling up his sleeves and, and getting on with it. Um, Josh Sheehan obviously is having a, a really good season with Newport. I think with questions, obviously, about Ramsey's involvement, I don't think we're going to see him. Um, reading up on the injury, the absolute shortest time you're looking at is is three weeks, even for the most mild case of, uh, of these injuries. And with Johnny Williams coming back from his own injuries and, and still sort of bench warming at, at Cardiff, I, I don't think it's bad to have she and sort of there and thereabouts as much for sort of just in case coverage um, <clears throat> for those, excuse me, for those two as much as anything. Um, 
Brennan Johnson, I find interesting. He's obviously having a good a good season, as you say, out at Lincoln, and I think um, a bit of a, a few extra options on that left wing might not be a bad thing. Actually, if you um, if you consider, for example, we've only got two very obvious um, left wing backs. That if you if you wanted some extra support on the left wing, you know, maybe that's he's an option in in a friendly situation. So. Uh, all in all, I'm I'm not um, I'm not averse to who has been included in the 31. Really, um, my questions were were and are more about who's been admitted, uh, and I think the the, the sort of less um, headline names such as you know Sheehan and Johnson, uh, Matt Smith. I think it's I think it's good to have them involved going forward because even if they're not going to be in your 23 for the summer, say they're going to be knocking on the door and you only need a couple of injuries and suddenly they're in, they're in real contention. So um, I think it's important to keep them involved. Yeah. I think the other thing, I mean, you obviously you mentioned Ramsey there is obviously going to, going to be something we mentioned, but I think a big part of those extra people, um, you know, you mentioned Johnny, uh, Matt Smith as well there is that I think we, there's a recognition that we're going to need someone in that kind of gap most likely and I think that's possibly why they've got the nod um just on Matt Smith I just want to kind of raise a quick question which I apologize I didn't ask for you before but it's just come to me now so it might be quite interesting are you kind of worried a bit that a lot of these kind of younger again inverted commas players that are kind of coming through we're kind of heaping a fair amount of praise on them and, and a lot of their work is being done in league one league two you know looking at Matt Smith looking at Josh Sheehan um you know, is that a bit of a concern to you a little bit? Because I feel like whilst it's good that we've got a bit more depth, I feel like this is no more depth necessarily than we probably would have had 10 or 12 years ago in terms of where those players are playing. Do you think they're kind of playing at a lower level to what their ability is? Or do you think this is their ability and that's why they're playing regularly? I think Matt Smith's an interesting case because I think he's very gifted footballer but perhaps didn't have enough announce and sort of rough and tumble awareness to be ready for the championship. I think what happened, you know, like how it didn't happen at QPR last year, for, yeah. him, for example. So I think that this is a good step, hopefully on a progression for him. Um, I would hope that this demonstrates that he's at least championship ready and, and perhaps it's with with Doncaster next year if they get promotion, if that you know if the loan works well, <clears throat> excuse me, or it's with uh, with a, an existing championship team. So I think that there is merit for players where they their skill set kind of covers attribute A, but they need to work on attribute B. And if attribute B is more about as I said, the sort of rough and tumble and like gaining sort of nounce as a professional player. I, 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 I actually think the upper end of League One might be a very good place for that yeah. for a season or two, uh, season or two. You obviously don't want that to be the mainstay of your team, ideally. And generally speaking, we've got enough options that mean that the players that are playing in those those divisions are, you know, their squad depth and their help and their their um, injury coverage and, you know, I don't see any problem in having them involved in these these like I said in these bulkier squads because I think it's important that they're in a position to come in and be an understudy when you do need them. I mean, I don't think there's any um, any gain from having a 23-man squad and a couple of people are injured and and the the folks that you bring in haven't been anywhere near a squad for two years, let's say, you know, I, I, yeah. I don't see any gain from that. So I like the fact that we're having these, um, like I said, bloated squads, I think it's important to keep people involved and yeah. uh, keep, keep people contributing and understanding the, the, the framework. I think it's particularly important when you've got 
three games squashed into these windows where the actual training that the coaches can do, the preparation work they can do is so minimal. I think the more sort of continuity you can keep from one squad to the next, the better. So long story short, Dave, I don't have a problem with the, the idea of us pulling players from those from those leagues when they are playing in those leagues like for a reason that's part of their trajectory as opposed to just they that's who they are yeah um, i agree I, I think i think put like sheehan for example as good a season as he's having for newport i think he's kind of he's where he is because he's where he is um is he a league one level player as opposed to a league two level player yes is he a championship player not you know he's he needs to he needs to show that. Yeah, I know what you mean. I think it's an interesting. I I I personally think Sheehan could play. Championship is probably I think probably the the top of where he could play. But I think he's got that in him. I think the thing for me is, is that whenever we've called on these players, they've never let us down. And I think like you mm-hmm. say, the technical ability is not like, you know, with all due respect to you know the two Carls back in the day, I, I don't think that Robert, Carl Robinson and Carl Fletcher, I don't think they were the same type of player. I think they were quite... I think, well, I'm, I'm confident they don't listen. So I'll, I'll say, they, they were, I, would, I would say they were probably quite industrial, I think is the fairest way to say it. Whereas I, and I think that these guys, like you say, miss maybe a bit of physical strength or the rough and tumble side. But in terms of what we need as a skill set for international football, I think they actually provide that for us pretty well and pretty consistently. Joe Morell is comfortably the fav- my favourite example of that. I think he's never let us down. People question him in the squad. I would have him in the squad all day. He's never let us down for Wales. He's been reliable. He's been effective. He's been solid. He's been, you know, valuable. And I and I think that's all you want. And I think, you know, you look at Matt Smith. Yes, there's some question marks there, but he's never let us down. So I think that the level is kind of maybe, in, again, in the nicest possible way, a little bit beneath them. And then the technical skills that they have suit international football in kind of small doses. So they can kind of raise their game as a one-off almost um, because of that kind of natural skill set that they possess. So I think for me, it's it almost doesn't matter as long as they're playing regularly. Uh, Brennan Johnson is a good example of that. You can see how good he is from the way he's been playing this year. Um to 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 look at. I I, I also on. think Dave, just more generally, I like to see players trying to find game time, as opposed to just sitting in the under twenty threes, taking their paycheck and not doing anything yeah. about it. I think it says it says something about their drive and their desire. That no, I agree. They'll go they'll go to you know the Lincolns and the Doncasters of the world as well. To look at the opposite end of the spectrum to Lincoln and Doncaster, that's a better link. Um, obviously, it looks like although Rambo's been called up, it, there's a lot of question marks about him. You mentioned that there. Um, I think the thing for me is, and this is where I think we have our biggest issue in the whole squad, is that I think him, he is the only person we don't have a replacement who's anywhere near as good. I think whilst Bale is amazing, if he gets injured that kind of wide threat, someone who can run at players, take people on, yes, they're not as good as Bale, but we have people who can do that. If Joe Allen gets injured, we have people who can come in, and yes, they're not as good as Joe Allen, but they can do an effective job. I think we don't have anyone, the drop-off between Rambo and Say, and as much as I love him, the drop-off between Rambo and Johnny Williams, Say, or Wilson, if you want to put him in there, or what, I think that drop-off is huge. And I think he is the one player, which is ironic because he's. I, I, I looked into it. He's played 90 minutes twice for us in our last 18 internationals. When you look at it in that context, that's that's nuts. And for him to be missing, you know, to be him to be that effective for us and his replacement to be such a different level, and I mean no disrespect to anyone in that, because Rambo is a world-class player, I think that him missing is probably the biggest problem and I say that even if it had Bale been missing or had Allen been missing or had Rodden been missing or whatever, Ramsey would still be the biggest issue, I think, out of any of them. I agree. And it's not specifically about Ramsey. It's, as you say, it's about what what and who can substitute for him. Um, I think the the difficulty is... And there's no, there doesn't seem to be an anyone 
obvious either that you can you like I feel like we've tried auditioning Wilson it didn't go terribly well and I, I agree with you I think Johnny Williams of the people that we tried actually provided the best emergency cover ironically um, but then he comes with a whole host of injury concerns himself as well I don't think you can rely on rely on him yeah. uh, which which puts even more you know pressure on finding uh, finding options uh, finding options for for a number eight. I don't know whether ultimately you you could consider maybe pushing Ampadu forward a bit and have someone else partnering with Alan if you if you wanted to play with that bridging number eight role the way that that Aaron does. Um, in in the short term, I think it probably means we're going to end up playing uh, playing with with a striker. Um, and a less sort of fluid, um, dynamic front uh, than we might have done with Ramsey in there. But I, I, it's a concern. I mean, that that those numbers you were talking about with how little time he's he's played for us, it just it, it just breaks your heart, really, doesn't it? Because yeah, he yeah. is such a joy to watch and so impactful, um, and th- the fact that he's been able to to contribute so little really um it's it's it just it's just heartbreaking uh, i think the issue to go make... with it as well is that it's a regular issue at the minute you know and yeah. i don't know whether he that's because he's overplaying in uve they're not managing issues he has over there he's so desperate to get in the team he's trying to play through issues and then that brings up more problems you know i, I that that's my concern is that he's so desperate to get game time over there he's playing through little niggles in the hope that he can get around them and then of course he can't and he's you know it becomes worse for him at the other end which is obviously where we suffer um and, and that's my that's my kind of concern with it in that in that context and i would say questionably to to die brooks as well who's who's obviously not in the squad at all he's got an ankle injury again he, these kind of things keep happening to him, and I and I just worry that he's kind of so desperate to play that he's playing through pain, and and then it's having a negative effect to the other side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he's a worry because that that's just another recurring problem, isn't he? That he, isn't it? That he just doesn't seem to be able to get properly the other side of. Uh, one thing that we briefly kind of mentioned but I obviously haven't had a chance to talk through properly is that Page is obviously being confirmed as manager um, for these games I, 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 I'm not convinced that it will but I'm intrigued to know whether you think it kind of might affect things I, I, I don't think it will and I and you know it didn't affect things last time I, I do worry in you know the back of my mind obviously we were playing Nations League last time is you know it's easier to play Finland and and Bulgaria than it is, you know, the best nation in the world at the minute. It's a must-win home qualifier after that. You know, everything's kind of on the line here right at the start. And that's a big, big difference, I think, between, you know, in terms of the pressure between a Nations League game and a friendly, you know. And I don't, again, don't mean any disrespect to Paige. I think he's done a great job. But I worry about that kind of switch in, in pressure, at least. I, I think that I think that comment about the pressure of it has got merit. I think it's, I think ironically it's valuable that he had the November games and these aren't the first ones that he's coming into. I know the whole thing has been is and has been horribly elongated, but I think one of the ironic things that's worked for Page is that at least he had those November games and 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 before these World Cup qualifiers. I think it's clear that Giggs really is still pulling the strings and and picking the the starting 11. So I think that part of it, it's not a a pressure on page. And the very limited amount of training time that the squad are going to have together, again, there's, you know, there's only so much he has to lead there. And I think that's actually one of his strengths. Um, So all in all, I don't think it's as much of a, a, a headache as it as it might have been, obviously it's far from ideal circumstances, but I think that we'd all kind of assumed that this would be the outcome once yeah, once things with Giggs's situation didn't really seem to progress over the winter. I think we'd all sort of assumed that this would be the scenario for March. And 
very possibly the scenario in June. I'm sure Paige and the team have been preparing. Gigs is still heavily involved. So I'm not sure it really changes that much, ironically. I think it's more, uh, I'm more worried about the planning for June because that's there's so much more to planning for a tournament particularly with the uncertainties that remain around this summer's euros i i think that concerns me more than the immediate yeah i can see that i think you you know you said there that you think gigs is still pulling the strings i think that's true i think that's why stoivenberg is still hanging around if i'm being perfectly honest I think that wouldn't have happened in my view if Giggs wasn't still involved in some way. So I think that's that's a big part of that. I think, you know, I don't know how much kind of autonomy Paige will have. I'm intrigued to see how he kind of handles in-game decisions um, because, you know, that's something that whilst, you know, they might, someone might be able to WhatsApp Giggs on the side. I, I think the, the kind of in-game moments there, I think you have to kind of handle that as, as, as they happen. So I'm intrigued to see what happens there. Um, I think... It's going to be interesting. I, again, I don't want to look too far down the road, but I think one way or the other after this window, priority number one needs to be who is taking charge of the Euros, who's making some plans here, because I, this is just something we can't leave up in the air. You know, we've had this conversation a couple of times, so I don't want to go too far down that road again, but I think that is something that is priority number one after this finishes. And you know, if Page does well and they think they can trust him to take him forward, then they say, right, over you go, mate. It's, 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 it's up to you you know, let's see how we go. And uh, we can't kind of be, still be in limbo. Um, I mean, do you think he'll have much autonomy or do you think, you know, Giggs is kind of planning the sessions, um, leading the session, you know, maybe even speak to the players? I don't know, will he be kind of consulted for in-match decisions? I know it's a lot of guesswork. I think it, I think in-match is difficult just for the logistics of it. I don't think, I don't think that's, um, I don't think that helps if you're on the sideline, but you haven't actually got the responsibility, I don't think that helps the people in that position. I think the bigger, wider role, I kind of read that still as gigs is, um, I think part of the problem for us is if something does happen with his case, how, how ready are we with someone that could actually step in and do the true managerial role, if it really came to that, if Giggs is no longer in this kind of, to use the euphemism, gardening leave phase and is actually out of the picture, how prepared are we for that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, you know, there's a lot of just so many ifs, buts and maybes that could Mm -hmm. kind of potentially go awry and things change kind of further down the road, I suppose. Um, I think we've kind of looked as much of the at the squad as we can. And there's one kind of more glaring issue, if that's the right word, to to look ahead. It's obviously the South Wales Derby this weekend. Um <laughs> neither neither quiet day at the office before the uh before the internationals. I, I, I can we can we kind of start some petition that like no one like the Welsh players don't kick each other? Like even if it ends four four but Cabango and, and Wilson and Moore and Roberts are fine. Can we, Can we? is anyone else up for that or is that just me? I think that'd be quite a lovely agreement. We just say, look, lads, you're both doing well. Let's call it a 1-1. You know, let's not kick each other. Let's all be sensible. We're all friends here. We've all had a drink. Everyone calm down. Uh, and, and just let's, let's let it out to be a 1-1. That would be my suggestion. I'm going to go out on a limb and say I don't think it's going to happen, but... Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting fixture to have considering the players involved before before the international window. Yeah, I mean it's it's, it's you brimming with some ready for some horrible irony in who doesn't doesn't get yeah. through that game, isn't it? You can just you can just see that coming, really. Um, obviously, I think we would not choose it as the the Saturday fixture prior to (laughs) (laughs) prior to the international window for a host of reasons. Um, I think, I mean, I just, I just think we've got to keep our fingers crossed. I don't, I I, I don't think it's going to be anything, but the combative game that it usually is. Um, the, The first, the first derby was, 
Cardiff were particularly passive, so I think they feel they've got something to prove. Yeah, that's my worry. Um, <laughs> you could you could argue that they've got the momentum at the minute. Swansea have found that interesting form that teams that even good teams have where they're not actually playing very well, but they manage to win games. Yeah. Um, so I think, I just, I just think we've got to keep our fingers crossed. I don't think it's going to be anything but a heavy game. Yeah, I, I agree. And I've just got to hope that everyone's kind of nice to each other, which is a bit like schoolboy football, you know, be nice, be friends. It's only jumpers for goalposts. Um, I don't think that's uh, I don't think it's going to happen, unfortunately. It's nice that it's a 5.30 kickoff, of course. Um, mm-hmm. Not not like the usual, you know, 10.30 uh, to avoid people drinking situations. Quite quite a day on Saturday, of course. Wales have got the, the Six Nations at, uh, at 8 o'clock, the South Wales Derby at 5.30 UK time. Newcastle likely to get relegated against Brighton at the same time as the rugby. I've got I've got quite a busy week. I've got a stressful weekend actually. <laughs> <laughs> Making sure that all ninety minutes of all of our players kind of go by without without hearing the word injury. Um mm-hmm. so yeah, it's gonna be, you know, quite a stressful weekend, I'd imagine. It yeah, it always is, isn't it? And I think with the with the nature of the seriousness of the games we've got coming up, it all just seems that much more acute. It really, really does. Um, I think we uh, we might be done, Ruth. Have you got anything that I've missed out or anything you wanted to add? No, let's, let's wrap up before we before I get even more depressed about the, the potential <laughs> of more injuries. Well, there you go. A positive end as always, ladies and gents. Um, uh, I probably should have asked you this beforehand, but I assume we'll be back next week, but maybe not on Monday. Maybe we'll release it on Monday and we'll record on Sunday, Ruth. I don't know, but we'll we'll do a, a pre a pre match preview uh, for the Belgium game uh, and, and and the others as well. If you want some reading, as uh, as I've mentioned, please go and read our Game of Willard, uh, football magazine. It's at colemanhadadream.com. You can find links to it on our Twitter, which is at coldmans underscore dream, and you can find us on Facebook as well. Uh, if you just search Coleman Had a Dream on Facebook. So um, there are plenty of ways for you to get in touch, plenty of ways for you to find our Game of Willard magazine. Um, so, yeah, please, please do read that. Please keep listening and please keep an eye out for, for our pre-match previews uh, next week. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you for your time, Ruth, as always. Yep. All right. Fingers crossed for a healthy, calm, uneventful next 10 days or so right exactly (laughs) loads of nil nils um okay well there you are thank you very much ladies and gentlemen and good night bye bye